0: welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host and I sound much more put together right now than I really am. Um, Today's been an interesting day for me, Uh, but I'm so happy to be here uh, to talk about mental health this episode with the wonderful Sarah, who is a uh, local business owner here in Seattle and she owns, it's a letterpress shop. And it's just amazing. And we like started off as Instagram friends. And then I was just like, I really love this lady. And I love her, I love all her letters and her cards and just the level of authenticity that you bring to not only the store, but also like your Instagram presence. Um, so I'm so happy to be here today with you. And thank you so much for being here, Sarah. Of
1: course. I'm really excited. <laughs>
0: yes. Um, and I mean, I kind of just want to start off with like, how has
1: your day been? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a little less crazy than yours, slightly. Uh Yes. Um, I will say I kind of ran into my shop today Mm -hmm. like a whirlwind Mm -hmm. and had to apologize to my staff and be like, hey, I'm having a bit of a weird mental health day, so it's not about you. Like, I promise. I'm not like obsessing over, you know, mm-hmm. messy piles or wanting to clean things because you did anything wrong. I'm just having a day. So, yeah. You know, sometimes you just have to be transparent with mm-hmm. people.
0: You do. And that like, that's day. great communication to even have, especially within the workplace. Cause I think a lot of people don't have that. So, I mean, you already like, you'd be a wonderful boss to have <laughs> <laughs> just with that level of transparency. Because I think in a lot of situations, like people would go into work and their boss would like be acting out and be like, you know whatever they be doing and no explanation and then people think it's about them and they feel like they're to blame but if you're just like yeah no don't worry it's not about you i'm just having a day i'm learning yeah we're all learning <laughs> day by day yes.
1: sometimes painfully <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i'll um i'll share a little bit about my day today and why it was a little stressful uh i went I, so I have a few days until I leave for a trip and I was like, you know, I'm going to be a responsible woman. And so I went to try to go get a pap smear done and I've never had one before. Oh, that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> not and and I don't have health insurance. So I was like, where do I go? And I was like, oh, Planned Parenthood. Okay. So went and had my first experience there. And then I found out after waiting for a long time that- you can't have a pap smear done on your period. So then there was also that I was on my period this morning. And then I was like, okay, now I've wasted like an hour and a half of my time. Um and then was trying to get here early to be like I'm prepared, you know, I'm professional, like I'm put together. And it just so did not work out that way. Then I ended up having a call that I did not want to have, and didn't feel like I was listened to. And then there was no parking and then my phone was dying. And then I ended up just going back to my house and taking the monorail and all in all made it here, you know, and everything's fine. But all throughout all of that was just so emotional and like a lot of negative self-talk that I was trying to, um, manage, which I'm sure you're not unfamiliar with.
1: (laughs) I know it well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, sometimes, sometimes you just got to share with people, you're just having a mental health day. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that you communicated that to your staff
1: today. Yeah. Um, it's and- so much easier when things aren't going well to just be really honest because... Mm-hmm then everybody else is with you. Like, the, mm-hmm. like, I was so excited to see that you made it here because you were like, I'm having a time. I think if you had just like <laughs> strolled up in a bad mood and like, I would have been like, oh God, she doesn't really want to interview me. This is terrible. But you were being really honest and vulnerable and yes. like I was having a similar day. So I'm, I'm here with you. I feel for you and yes. it sets everything off on the right foot. Mm-hmm. And I think we all want to have it together. And I think we all have a really clear idea of what that should look like. Mm-hmm. And none of us do. There's not a single person that does. Yeah. Not for very long at least.
0: Yes. You might feel like you maybe have that for like a minute and then <laughs> life will check you real quick. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um and and I think that's part of why both of us on our platforms like want to encourage people to just be be vulnerable, be transparent, mm-hmm. you know, be honest about where you're at, because then it could lead to feeling great like this. Like definitely in the back of my head, I'm like, oh my God, she's gonna think. I'm so uncapable and like unprofessional, and this is so terrible, and I'm so embarrassed. But then I'm like, if I'm just open and honest about that, like, I don't, I don't actually feel any of those things. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm so happy that we're both here and that we're both able to do this together. So, Absolutely. So it works out. Um, But so I want to get a little bit into, like, there are so many parts of your story that I don't know, but the bits and pieces that I do know, I love (laughs) so much. If you guys don't follow her, you should. Um, It's Constellation Co., right? Mm -hmm. Um, And you have some letters here that I definitely want to get into, but first, I mean... Where did this whole journey, the life of Sarah, <laughs> begin?
1: Oh gosh, that's very open-ended. <laughs> it
0: um, is.
1: Yeah. I, ooh, let's see. Let me fast forward and try to pick a time. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to start from Bird.
2: It's, yeah. it's just way too far ago. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. I mean, the way that I got into designing greeting cards mm-hmm. was... Basically, I got out of college in 2009. I graduated with a graphic design degree Mm -hmm. and I couldn't get a job. Mm -hmm. And I moved to Seattle um, with my fiance and we were unemployed for a while and Mm -hmm. really struggled. Yeah. And he eventually got a job at Microsoft. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, you move to Seattle, you get a job at Microsoft. That's kind of how it goes. I was like, oh, so Seattle. (laughs) Exactly. That like first year contract, (laughs) Yeah. um, which helped us... Stay in a place to live. You know, we mm-hmm. had rent. Yeah, and I really struggled. And I, I'm very, I'm very determined and persistent mm-hmm. and Type A. And I was very driven in college and always overachieving, always mm-hmm. doing the most. Yeah. And when I graduated and things didn't fall into place for me, it it kind of wrecked my sense of self. Yeah. In a big way. Totally. So. Instead of getting a job, which is what you always dream of out of school, you'll get
2: a job. Yeah, yeah. You know? so like, so
1: where, what of are you going to do now? Where are you going to work? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a year long apprenticeship to learn to be a letterpress printer, yeah. which was a really cool experience. Mm-hmm. Very different than what I expected. Yeah. But it gave me a set of skills that I could work with. And I started my own business. And which, like, is amazing. Yeah. But I was ashamed of that for a really long time because it wasn't it wasn't like I set out with a goal to start a business Mm -hmm. and I started one. It was like I had nothing to do with my time Mm -hmm. and I was flailing. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing anything I could do to make a dollar Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and built a business from there. And I'm ten years in.
2: Yeah, wow. Which is a
1: big deal. Yeah. But also it took me a long time to feel (laughs) to feel like I did something, that it wasn't mm-hmm. just a reaction to my circumstances. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, gosh, it's been such a journey to be the mm-hmm. face of my company because um, I, I do have a team of about five people right mm-hmm. now. So I'm not the only person doing yeah. what we do, but I am the face of it. And all of my experiences, and there are many, and they have been um, very difficult at times, but all of them make up who we are as a company. Because Mm -hmm. what we write about for these greeting cards are not what you get at Hallmark. They are about mental health and grief and struggle. Mm -hmm. And some of them are really ridiculous and silly. Mm -hmm. But really where my heart is, is to write cards for circumstances that there are not cards for. Yeah, Because sometimes no one knows what to say. Mm -hmm. There's so many hard circumstances. No one has the right words. So trying to craft the words that I would want to hear in a tough time. Yeah, has kind of driven me to keep to keep writing and to share those things. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's it's hard because I think so many people struggle with not knowing what to say mm-hmm. and wanting to say the right thing or wanting to wanting to say the best thing, and sometimes there isn't that. And I feel mm-hmm. like even your cards make that feel okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I guess actually, on a recent flight, I watched this, and that's probably why it's stuck in my head now. It's one of my favorite movies, 500 Days of Summer. It's mm-hmm, a good one. Yeah, where he's, you know, he works at this like greeting card company, and he's like, we're selling people lies. <laughs> and you're doing the total opposite.
1: <laughs> so I'd be like, he would love to work with your company. Hi, yeah. I liked that movie a lot for that reason. It was kind of funny. Yeah. It's a weird job to have. It's a weird job to tell someone else that I have. Yeah. Um, But it's something I'm really, really grateful for.
0: Yeah. And something that, like, I mean, you're very good at. Like, I've given several cards to friends um, and even family members as well. And, like, it feels so much more personal to me. Like, it, it, it doesn't just feel like, you know, I stopped at Hallmark and just found a cute card and, you know, tried to shove it in the envelope and was like, sign my name. And I'm like, here you go. Like, it feels very personal. And I feel like I'm actually able to like connect with people when I, when I give it to them. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: And, and I think it's, it's, it's a whole other layer of, of empathy that you express through your cards that I really appreciate.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: We should read some so people know what we're talking <laughs> okay. about.
1: <laughs> okay. Here, let me see if I can pick a couple. Of them.
0: Yeah. And oh they God. range from like all different kinds of topics too, which I love. It's literally like this one, like love this one. Things have been rough lately. I don't always know how to thank you for all the ways you care about me, but please know that I've carried your encouraging words with me as I've walked through some dark places. Your empathy and kindness make a difference in my life. Thank you.
1: That's so sweet. I can <laughs> think of several people I want to send this to already. <laughs> yeah. And that's where they all come from. I mean, I write mm-hmm. almost everything. I'm such, a, I'm such a nerd, but I write in a in a sketchbook with a fountain pen. like I, I like the old school way. And everything gets written out in a moment where I have strong emotions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I close the book on them and I put push it away mm-hmm. and I ignore them for a while. And then I go back through my notebook and start to pull out the strands of things that mm-hmm. I think will be good to share, that I think people will want to say to others. Yeah. So they come from a place of like, like I felt that Mm -hmm. strongly.
0: Yeah. And, and I then feel it when I read it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want you to read this one.
1: (laughs) No matter what the ugly voices inside might be saying, let me be the one to tell you the truth. You are loved. You are worthy. You are not a burden.
0: I hope all of you hear that. (laughs) All of you that are listening right now, I hope you hear it. Um, we will get there. No matter how long it takes or how many roadblocks we encounter, I know we'll get through this. One step at a time, brick by brick, sun up and sun down, we'll get there together. (laughs) Like, you made me want to cry (laughs) because they're so good. Thank you.
1: They're so good. It's really (sighs) encouraging to me to see people respond well to them because Mm -hmm. they're not... None of them are something I sat down like I need to make some money, and so I'm going to write some cards that will, you know, yeah, appeal to the people. Mm-hmm. Like every single card, like hearing you read them, I remember exactly what I was thinking
0: mm-hmm. when these
1: words came together, mm-hmm. and exactly the conversations I was having, and and all of the life experiences I went through to get to that place where I could say that to myself and to someone else. Yeah, and they are hard fought. There's a lot of like, blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. They're, they're real things. So it, it's it's nice to see them resonate.
0: Yeah. Of any of the three that, we, that we've read, do
1: you want to share backstory on of any of those three? <laughs> yeah. Um, we Will Get There is something that my staff and my husband and I all started saying to each other. Hmm. Um, there was a really tough season. It's going to get into like life things. Um, <laughs> life
0: things are real yeah, things. Yeah. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah. So... Just to kind of like pave the story a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, some of my story is um, I've been through infertility Mm -hmm. um, and I'm an adoptive mom, so I've been through the adoption process. And um, with my team, we've had a lot going on, a Mm -hmm. lot for everybody, because that's life. Everybody has a lot going on. Um, And one of the members of my team um, had been fighting cancer for a really long Mm -hmm. time and there were so many things we wanted to do for the business and just even my husband and I in our life that we had mm-hmm. been talking about and things that we were like, oh, really I want to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just started saying that like, we'll, we will get there. We will get there. And it was this like mantra that all of us yeah. you know did together because it wasn't like, it wasn't focused on what we couldn't accomplish today it was focused on mm-hmm. the place we're trying to get to mm-hmm. and um one of the members of my team actually is a therapist which mm-hmm. is so helpful <laughs> yeah <laughs> like works for me part time it is also a therapist so like good god we all need that like we need that yeah. and like a massage therapist that we yes. <laughs> the two things we really need um and she was sharing with me that one of her mentors um it was brick by brick was what they mm-hmm. they told each other and that like there were so many things like that, those conversations where, I don't know if you've experienced that, but every time you talk to somebody for a month,
2: mm-hmm.
1: certain like threads will be going through every conversation. Yeah. It just feels like this ongoing thing where you're like, is the universe trying to tell me something? Like, <laughs> yeah, Like what is happening? Yeah, And um, gosh, there was just so many things like that. Like I could get into the details, but just about everything in my life mm-hmm. that just felt like a season of waiting and a season yeah. of being patient while things work, each, work themselves out. Yeah And that, that idea of "We will get there," just mm-hmm. was so important to everybody in my life yeah. in that, that period of time.
0: God, I am like loving this conversation with you, Sarah, honestly. Um, I do want to take a little bit of a break just because I love sharing with listeners about different products that I'm finding that I'm really enjoying. And I'm always getting questions about my hair. And unfortunately, hair is like so near and dear to us and we put so much value on it. Um, But it can often be like difficult to actually find products that really work. Um, And so I found Living Proof, which is actually created by scientists. Um, So it's not just like marketing gimmicks, like, they are serious about finding the problem and creating a scientific solution. Um, It's seriously legit. And they actually, within their products, they do all of this without using silicones or parabens or any of those like nasty chemicals that we don't want in our products. Um, Their dry shampoo is amazing. It actually cleans your hair. Like I would go rollerblade at Green Lake, shout out to all my Seattleites. And afterwards, like I would use their dry shampoo and My hair actually feels clean. Like it's not just masking oil or sweat. Uh, It removes all of them completely. And my hair felt clean and fresh. And I was ready to like go about the rest of my day. And I would love for you guys to be able to check them out and experience this. And I really want you guys to do what I did and make the switch to Living Proof by visiting livingproof.com slash Taylor and use promo code Taylor to get a free sample of their award-winning dry shampoo with your purchase. Honestly, it's my favorite product. <laughs> That's livingproof.com slash Taylor, promo code Taylor, for a free sample of dry shampoo with your purchase. livingproof.com slash Taylor, promo code Taylor. But back to the show. Now I've got, I've I've had so, I've had multiple people email asking about an infertility episode mm-hmm. and saying that that would be a topic that they would mm-hmm. want me to, me to discuss. Um, and I have a, a friend here, um, who works as a infertility doctor, mm-hmm. I believe is what she refers to herself as, um, who helps women work on their fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely want to get her on an episode, but, um, I imagine that, you know, that makes total sense. That the waiting and the not knowing when it comes mm-hmm. to infertility, and then also through that uh, through that phase or season of going through the adoption process as mm-hmm. well, like the brick by brick, sun up, sun down. Like I can totally see where just kind of having that as a little bit of a mantra can help, like sit with that.
2: Yeah,
1: the wait. Yeah, I think one of the things about infertility that nobody talks about is that you no longer have control.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the adoption process is a lot like that too. There's just you have no control. Mm-hmm. And I don't do well with those things. Yeah. I'm learning. I feel like the world and my life have taught me a lot of lessons yeah. about that. But there's so many there's so many lies that you hear. There's mm-hmm. so much self-talk that gets so ugly. Yeah. Because you you start to question like who am I as a woman if I can't if my body can't create life. Mm-hmm. Like is that not part of what everyone thinks of when they think of being a woman. yeah. And you know, you get in a room with a lot of other moms. And now that I'm a mom too, there's a certain aspect of belonging that I feel,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it always like, you always get down the road to like, everyone wants to talk about their birth story. Mm-hmm. And you know, for my son, like, his birth story is very different than, than my friends. And it's still beautiful. And it's still a day that I will never forget, Mm -hmm. but it's wildly different than what other people are talking about. And you, you know, you just have all of these, these feelings of like, am I, Am I a whole woman? Am I, yeah. um, is there some reason that my body doesn't do this other than medical? Like, is there mm-hmm. some, you know, it, I, I think you can probably imagine all the things that your brain could tell you. Yeah. Like, am I not meant to be a mom? Am I yeah. not going to be a good mom? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, am I disappointing my husband? Am I, yeah.
2: you know,
1: is there something about this experience that I'm missing out on that
2: mm-hmm.
1: that, that is worth grieving? And it is, mm-hmm. it is. Because anything yeah. in your life that you imagined or that you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, believed you'd have someday that, that you realized you can't have is is difficult. Absolutely. And it's difficult to talk about even still. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been, let's see, we're on like six years um, mm-hmm. that I've been going through infertility. And I don't want to have a baby at this point. Like I have, mm-hmm. my beautiful son is almost four mm-hmm. and I have my business and I'm busy as hell. I'm like, am yeah. so busy. So I, I'm not like sitting around and hoping and waiting anymore, I'm not mm-hmm. in that phase, but it's still part of my life and part of my story. And I still, it still gets triggered sometimes when mm-hmm. I least expect it, yeah. that grief, that struggle. And, um, hmm. yeah, it is, it is, it's why I Sought therapy in the first place,
2: yeah. Okay,
1: because um, the the two years that I went through infertility before we started the adoption process were some of the hardest of my life, where I felt yeah. the most disconnected, the most misunderstood, mm-hmm. um, and the most lonely because my husband did not understand and can't understand. Yeah, and I I don't expect him to perfectly. Mm-hmm. He understands it way better now than he used to. Yeah,
2: um,
1: but I hadn't really. There was really no one I could go to to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And. I got a lot of really bad advice and a lot of people like saying really hurtful things Mm. because it was uncomfortable and they didn't know what to say. So people either won't address it. And so they'll say nothing, Mm -hmm. which is awkward and uncomfortable and not great. Or they'll say something really like dismissive that -hmm. makes you feel like what I'm going through isn't important to anybody but me. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a crazy time. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going through that like out there in the land of, yeah. you know, listening to this right now, like you are certainly not alone. Mm-hmm. And one thing I learned is that the more I shared what was going on and was honest about it, the more people came out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Like it was almost every day. Like I would share something on Instagram or, or wherever mm-hmm. else and people would like flood my DMs. Like I'm going through this too and I you're the only person that's talking about yeah. it. And it just meant so much to me to know people were just afraid. They were afraid to talk about it. Mm-hmm. There's still a big stigma yeah. around infertility.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like I, I can imagine that there's a lot of shame surrounding mm-hmm. infertility, um, especially with all those kinds of thoughts that that you shared, like those are just filled with shame and when mm-hmm. you don't when you don't speak that and when you don't um you know give light to that you're just feeding it mm-hmm. um and and it's a really like scary step to feel like oh my god I'm about to like really show myself and it feels like I want to crawl out of my skin but I'm so happy to hear that people met you with that. And I, I feel like that's a theme that I say every episode or that a guest says every episode. And I hope that listeners aren't tired of hearing it. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, share because it leads to good things. But like, it's so true. Mm-hmm. And it's apparent in every person I talk to. Um, and I mean, I I feel like even with you doing these cards, like it also gives people this whole episode, by the way, is an ad for <laughs> like, the most authentic, genuine ad for the whole thing.
1: Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, but, and I, I mean, and so you, you were, you were saying that that was why you had started therapy mm-hmm. was throughout the infertility Experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you had never done therapy before that.
1: I had gone a couple times in college mm-hmm. um, through some other really hard things that was going yeah. through in college. College is hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like two or three times. Mm-hmm. And when my son was six months old, um, I kind of realized like, oh, this didn't just go away when I became a mom. Yeah. And we had a lot of other really hard stuff going on, and then becoming a mom is—it doesn't matter how you become a mom, it mm-hmm. is a a culture shift, a just like absolute... It's a total
0: identity like change. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And all of the baggage that I had taken through life, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I always had this idea that when I became a mom, I would have had it all figured out so Mm -hmm. that I could not mess up my kid.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And then you realize when you are a mom, like, oh no, like there is no... Like before and after. You're like, wait, I'm still the same person with the same shit. And it reveals that stuff so deeply. Mm -hmm. Because we've been married, I'd been married a while when I became a mom. So there was some of that like early marriage stuff where you're like figuring out how selfish you are and Mm -hmm. you're like, you know, figuring out all of these like buttons you push each other and your traumas and trying to understand each other's triggers and like all that stuff. Like you go through that and then you you become a a parent and it's like that all over again in a new way. And you start to process things about how you were raised and mm. your childhood and there's just so much there. Yeah. So I had sort of thought like, I'll go to therapy for a little while and mm-hmm. get back on my feet and yeah. feel good again. <laughs> and I have not stopped going. It's been three and a half years. Yeah. And I will say um, for people starting therapy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like it's taken me this long mm-hmm. to really get to the root of what's actually going on and not to be just addressing the symptoms but to be mm-hmm. actually dealing with the traumas. Yeah. Like we're in the middle right now of unpacking some of the hardest stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel safe to do it because I'm yeah. with someone I know very well who knows me very well now. Yeah. And I'm also I'm just I'm there. I'm I'm ready mm-hmm. to do that and and I'm, yeah. I'm kind of blown away that it took me this long to address them but also like you know some of these things are very deep traumas, very deep hurts and things that it took me 10 years to tell anyone, let alone uh, actually unpack in therapy. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like in my my sphere, in my life, I am the like therapy evangelist. I'm like, you should go to therapy and you should go to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And not because I think everyone's messed up, but because like... The mess, mm-hmm. like here in the middle in this mess is yeah. where all of our lives happen. Mm-hmm. Like there is no, I'm messy. I'll get it together. And then I'll like start a relationship or become a parent yeah. or start a business. It's like
0: The mess is just currently happening oh, yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. And we're just kind of like, sometimes we like reach a clearing, but then it's like, okay, wait, there's more stuff to get through. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's really okay. And I think like, it's, you know, good to maybe have some empathy for yourself, some mm-hmm. self-compassion that like, it's okay that it's taken this amount of time, you know? Like sometimes the the time is needed um, and you never know how long it's going to take. You might go and, you know, second session, you might be like, whoa, epiphany, you know? But if it doesn't feel like that in the beginning... Definitely stick with it, and mm-hmm. I think it it just generally takes a little bit of time, um, but you said that you know first you kind of work are working through the symptoms and then kind of getting to the root mm-hmm. um, and I'd love to kind of go into both of those like what what those symptoms kind of look like, like what things you were noticing in your yeah. life and and how they were uh presenting themselves, and then if you're comfortable with uh, discussing it, then like some of the root of those symptoms sure,
1: yeah i I think the reason I started in the first place is I was having increasing panic attacks, mm-hmm. um, and what did that look like for you for me it 's a c- extreme increased heart rate. Um, mm-hmm. I get really dizzy because my heart you know my mm-hmm. heart rate is spiked, yep. my blood pressure, and um, I feel nauseous sometimes i 'm physically ill, mm-hmm. and i can 't think i can 't do anything sometimes i 'm crying, but mostly it 's just I feel. So out of control,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and i 'd been having panic attacks back back through high school and college, um, and they had settled down a little bit in my adult life and Then, after becoming a parent, I started having them a lot
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and how were you dealing with them when they would come up i wasn 't I mean they were mm-hmm. crippling, and mm-hmm. then like add nausea and you know illness to that, and then like physically, I would just crash for yeah. days at a time. And I'm, I'm a, I operate at a pretty high level. Like I'm mm-hmm. I multitask quite a bit. I I do mm-hmm. a lot.
2: Yeah. I do
1: too much, to be honest with you. And right <laughs> now, I'm like pruning it back. Yeah. But I so I I'm always busy and I'm always active and taking on new projects and doing new things. And when I'm not taking care of myself, it looks like. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine and I'm out. Like I'm yeah. done. Mm-hmm. So a panic attack would come on and then it would take me a few days to actually get back to functioning as a human.
0: Yeah. Which was really scary for me. And then when that starts happening and you're also a new mom, yeah. Yeah, that's
1: it's awful cuz you feel like you're going to fail your kid. Mm. Um and my son and I are really similar in a lot of ways. Like he has big feelings big emotions, um, big swings of mood and um, feels things really deeply. And I, I realized pretty early on that the only way he was going to learn to deal with that stuff is if he was seeing me deal with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it wasn't just like pretend it's fine and never have a panic attack in front of him. It's like, show myself kindness, you know. Mm-hmm. show him what rest looks like and show him what asking for help looks like and yeah. model that. Because if there's anything that people tell you about being a parent that is 100% true is that kids do not listen to what you say and <laughs> they pay attention to what you do. And now that he's almost four, it's yeah. like, he's a little, he's a little, you know, he's doing his thing. <laughs> he's living his life and, and he's doing exactly the way, the things he sees me do. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, it's infuriating sometimes because I'm like, no, I said, don't do that. And he's like, well, you're doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah.
0: So I just want to take a second to remind everyone and take a little mini break um, to remind you guys that I am still selling some of my clothes on Poshmark. It's a free app. You guys should download it. They have women, kids, and men. Um, and so many brands you can shop and I will also be selling my clothes on there. But you guys should download it and check it out quickly because these items are going to sell out. Um, I do have more that I will be uploading, uh, but it, the whole process is so easy. Like Getting rid of clothes has always been like super stressful for me figuring out like, what can I get money for? What can't I get money for? So it's been super helpful to use Poshmark and just like, I can put it all out there and see what you guys want to get. And then whatever else I'll end up probably donating. Um, But you guys, listeners, you guys can get $5 off your first purchase with me. So go to Poshmark, download the app, and then you can use the code TaylorNolan5 when you sign up. So enter TaylorNolan5. To get a five dollar discount off your first purchase, and uh, definitely check out the app so there's your reminder, <laughs> but now we'll get back to the show so the the panic attacks had started increasing once mm-hmm. you'd had your son and um, that that was one of the symptoms kind of uh, encouraging you um, motivating you maybe to mm-hmm. to
1: seek help um, were there any other like symptoms or I had started daydreaming about like all of the other avenues my life could have gone down. Like I found mm-hmm. myself like fixating on like what if things had been like this? What if things had been like that? And uh, what if I of, did like, this? Ruminating.
2: Yeah,
1: and just being unhappy and feeling unhappy mm-hmm. in in my marriage and in my job and in everything. And the more I looked at it and like really stood back and looked at my life, my life was exactly what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't what I wanted. And I couldn't escape myself.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) I was the immovable thing. That
0: just like gave me such
1: goosebumps
0: (laughs) hearing you say that, that your life was
1: exactly how you wanted it, but you were not what you wanted. I am so freaking blessed. Like I married my best friend Mm
2: -hmm. and I
1: have my dream job. But if I'm not healthy in the middle of that, that doesn't yeah. mean anything. That doesn't make me happy. Yeah. Like I can I can destroy my life just as
2: easily as the next person. <laughs> yep, yep. No
1: matter how, you know, well it has turned out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so grateful for my life. But yeah. you know, I I can no one else can make me happy or feel mm-hmm. good or be healthy. Like yeah. I have to do those things.
0: And I think it's a very common thing that we try to Find our happiness in other people, Mm -hmm. and we would say, you know, well, I married my best friend, so I'm happy. I should be happy, or once I marry my best friend, then I'll be happy. Um, And really, that is all within us to figure out, Mm -hmm. and that can take a while. And some days it's better than others. And you know, I think I'm I'm curious if uh, if your husband had. Received any kind of therapy, or if you guys did any together, like once you had had your son, or we
1: haven't done any together, um, okay. but, he, but he has as well. Um, okay. yeah. and and he's <laughs> he's a fairly, fairly well adjusted human. Like, I always look at him and be like, <laughs> I mean, he works at, at Microsoft, well, he's at <laughs> Amazon now. Oh, so Seattle, I mean, okay. right. <laughs> <So Seattle's ridiculous. laughs> Everyone always I asks it. what he does, and I'm like, I don't know, he works on gadgets, yeah, <laughs> no idea. Love it, Um, yeah. But he has as well, Um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of what we've realized over the last few years is that there's nothing wrong with our marriage that we can't figure out. Mm -hmm. But we are always going to be like butting heads against each other's trauma and against each other's Mm -hmm. like upbringings, and Mm -hmm. we both, you know, for all intents and purposes, like. Both sets of our parents are together and mm-hmm. had, we had fairly normal childhoods, but there's still a lot there that yeah. it, I'll say something that is completely innocuous in mm-hmm. my head and it will hit him like a ton of bricks yep. and it will take days for me to figure out what I did. Mm-hmm. And it's not that he's done anything wrong or I've done anything wrong. It's just we respond to each other on a level that we don't even understand mm-hmm. if we're not really diving into that and trying yeah. to figure it out. And I been doing a lot of that kind of work lately like why does this
0: bother me so much and that's a dynamic that i think plays out in like every interaction Mm -hmm. like we all have i like to call them like our foggy lenses on where that's how we perceive the world is through our particular pattern of blurred lenses yes um you know we there's always going to be things within us and and how we've lived our lives that are going to cause us to interpret things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and until you really take the time to unpack a lot of that stuff and recognize the symptoms, how you're talking about, can you actually get to what some of the root of, of that stuff is um, and why that's coming up? And so I love that you're like asking yourself, why is this bothering me? Mm-hmm. Like, Where is this coming from? That's always like very like therapisty question, but it's what I always ask like my girlfriends or my friends or family when
1: something's coming up. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. where where do you think this is coming from? Because we we stop yelling and start actually like seeing each other when we can ask that question. Yeah. And when, when one of us has that like little moment of breakthrough, like I'm realizing that mm-hmm. I'm so angry about this because it's making me feel like this because this happened back yes. in the day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when we bring that up, it does build empathy for mm-hmm. the other person. Cause you're like, oh, I've got that stuff too. Yeah. Shoot. Like neither of us are perfect. Yeah. Neither of us you know, are free of mm-hmm. shame and all of that fun yeah. stuff. And I think it can be kind of tricky
0: because I think some people might perceive that as like... You know, well, he's using this as an excuse because this happened and that's why he reacted and
1: I I was thinking about that a lot today because I was catching up on a few of your episodes and I was listening to Dean and I was like I like wanted to yell at my radio. Like (laughs) I was like, it's not an excuse. Mm -hmm. It's never an excuse for bad behavior. Like if there's abusive behavior happening, it's not an excuse. Mm -hmm. But you both come into a relationship with baggage and it's never a burden to the other person because you're gonna carry their burden and they're gonna carry are yours yep. and you're gonna help each other. And there are gonna be moments where you're like, I was a complete asshole, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, but here's the reason why. And I'm yeah. not I'm not saying it as an excuse, I'm just trying to help you understand mm-hmm. so that you don't take it personally. Yeah. Because it's not really about you. Yep. And I can apologize and I can make it right and I can act different next time. Mm-hmm. But these things will keep coming up. Yeah. Because I'm human, and for the rest of my life, I'm going to be dealing with these kinds of things. Yeah. I'm just like,
0: no, I, I absolutely love that, Dean. Listen, <laughs>
1: I will say though that I realized while listening to that episode that so much of what he frankly says about mm-hmm. what he's thinking and how he handles relationships and not wanting to lean on other people, mm-hmm. like I have the right words to say. Like I have the language mm-hmm. to be like, you should rely on people and you should build empathy and you should all do all these things. Yeah. But what my brain sounds like is, is what Dean is what saying. Said. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, like, <laughs> oh I know exactly how to <laughs> answer him, but also that's the same stuff I'm doing. Yeah. Like I went through a, a fairly like bad 48 hours of depression a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago and I spent all 48 hours trying to text anyone. Like yeah. I'm just going to text one person and tell them I'm mm-hmm. going through something and I couldn't do it. Because I had all those same thoughts. Like, I don't want to bother them. They have their own issues. It's not their responsibility. And they're not going to respond well. And I'm just going to be disappointed because Mm -hmm. they didn't, you know, care for me Me the way I needed. Mm And, you know, so I I am the person who writes the words about the empathy and like (laughs) preaches the connection and all that stuff. But I still have the same stuff in my brain. Yeah. We all have that stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, first, text me. (laughs) first text me. Um, second, yeah, I think no matter, like, I think a therapist is a good example for this. Cause we're definitely up against a different kind of, uh, uh, standard at times and stigma, um, where no matter what kind of person you are, what experience you have, what education you have, um, you're also human and you're also like, sh- you're not prone to shame or you're not, uh, words are hard today <laughs> you're not immune you're not immune to shame um you know that that's that still is gonna come up um and you you've you've noted that like things come up and that that you've worked on some of this uh trauma rec- more recently maybe um in therapy and what what kinds of things do you notice that are coming up Maybe Um, it's specific like to, with your son or maybe it's
1: totally. Yeah. Um, one of the big themes in therapy that comes up a lot for me is using my voice. Um, mm-hmm. So speaking, you know, being the face of my company, speaking mm-hmm. about these things that are important to me. Yeah. I'm working on writing a book and... Oh my um, God. I know, it's exciting and nerve wracking. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have to come back. We're going to have to do another episode. <laughs> It'll, be it? It'll be a while. It'll be a while, but I would love to go back. Yes, um, Yeah. So it, a lot of it is about using my voice and mm-hmm. um, and giving voice to... To my grief, and giving voice mm-hmm. to these like big emotions that are, mm-hmm. I've always um, believed are too much for other people mm-hmm. to handle. Like and I'm the, too much.
0: The the grief is
1: specific to the infertility. Um, it's specific to infertility. Um, I lost my grandmother, um, who was like my person mm-hmm. um, at, at 15, and mm-hmm. never really dealt with that. And mm-hmm. um, the things that have been coming up most recently. Um, are, I just lost a dear friend four months ago um, mm. to cancer. And so that's been triggering um, other losses. Um, yeah. That grief, grief is such an f- uncomfortable, familiar feeling. Mm-hmm. Like it's its such a weird, like comforting blanket where you're like, I felt this before, but it's yeah. also like inescapable when you're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And then... Um, to be perfectly honest, because <laughs> yeah. that's what we're doing here, talking that's about we're it, <laughs> um, I experienced um, sexual assault when I was in high school mm-hmm. and um, all of the things going on in our political landscape
2: yeah.
1: have been um, triggering
2: mm-hmm. like
1: deeply. And Biring. I would say I never understood the concept of trigger yeah. um, really. And then there have been things happening lately that I'm like, wow, okay, that's what that's the trigger right there. Yeah, like I, um, I've also had the experience of of sitting in court and giving testimony, and um, from so, that experience, um, in- no, okay. um, from a completely different experience. Okay. Um, but basically, the combo of Having been assaulted and mm-hmm. having given testimony on yeah. that day, you know when that woman mm-hmm. was having to experience that, yeah. I was literally like I could feel myself in that chair mm-hmm. and for that whole day, all the days since then, yeah. um, I have been reliving so mm-hmm. much of that and not not even just the assault itself but all of the self-talk that came after of like, Mm -hmm. no one will believe me and it doesn't matter. And I didn't end the relationship. So it's my fault. Mm -hmm. And I chose to be in this relationship in the first place and I should have known better. Mm -hmm. And, um, just all, all of that stuff, all of the ugly voices, Mm -hmm. um, again and again about Mm -hmm. my worth and, um, and when I talk about my voice and using my voice, um, that feels like an act of rebellion mm-hmm. because there was a time in my life where saying no yeah. didn't mean anything. It it's didn't like matter. Suppressed. Mm-hmm. And so after that, it was like, what is the point? If yeah. in a moment that it really mattered,
2: mm-hmm. my
1: voice wasn't worth anything, then why Why try? Like why? why speak? Why mm-hmm. speak up for myself? Yeah. And it's it's so crappy. Like <laughs> it's so bad yes. and frustrating. And it's the last thing that I want to be dealing with. Like I'm almost 32. Mm-hmm. Like this stuff happened in high school. Like I do not want to be thinking uh. about this. I don't want to be talking about it. I don't want to be experiencing mm-hmm. it. And I don't want anything I'm going through right now to be about that.
2: Because mm-hmm. it was
1: something I, I spent so many years trying to put behind me. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't tell anybody for 10 years. Yeah. I didn't like really literally say it out loud. For ten mm-hmm. years, and now it's been fifteen years, okay. and I'm actually, I'm actually starting to see that I've been carrying it all by myself, mm-hmm. and the shame and the guilt, and like, yeah. I have been beating myself up over it for mm-hmm. fifteen years, and yeah. and it's so it feels embarrassing, honestly, to like admit that, mm. but I I want to talk about it because yeah. I know other people. I know other people have gone through this. I know they're going through it right now. Mm-hmm. Like our country is in a spec- very specific moment yes. Yes. or I think there's a hell of a lot of us
0: yes. having think, this experience. <laughs> I mean, I, I've already got several messages from people mm-hmm. sharing their stories and saying, you know, how it's impacted them and how it's triggered them. And, um, it's, I mean, I, even everything that you just said puts all the words to it. Um, And it's, it's interesting because even as I think back, um, there were several experiences in high school, um, that I definitely have not dealt with yet. And they've, they've been triggered at certain points, but it has not been a box that I've been ready to open. Mm -hmm. Um, and certainly there, there are safe spaces for it, but I, I, I know I'm not there. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: But that I think is so, okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, and i'm like i you know I, I hear other people's stories, and i um you know and and i I do think it is really important to talk about, and I think once I do talk about it, it will feel better and it's it's interesting because the only times that I have actually brought it up has been when i'm having to defend a victim in a conversation, trying mm-hmm. to explain the circumstances. And then it's, it's blurted out in a very defensive way mm-hmm. as like, well, you know what? You really don't understand. You really don't know because you haven't been in such and such situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. I get why this person would not want to say anything. Um, mm-hmm. And it is really, really shitty. And I mean, I'm, I'm happy that you are like... Gonna be perfectly honest.
1: <laughs> because, I'm, I'm really
0: trying. <laughs> yeah, because trying. It, you're so not alone in it. Even as yeah. you're talking to me about it, I'm like, mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah, and it's so yep. scary because we've we've seen literally played out in social media and everywhere else and on the news. Like all of the self talk. Yeah. Literally published for everyone to see. Like mm-hmm. because every, I think every woman who's been assaulted reads those things and goes, "This is what they're saying about me." This yeah. is if I spoke up. This mm-hmm. is all the things that I would hear. And, and it, it's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. Because no matter what you feel politically, like
2: mm-hmm.
1: victims of sexual abuse, like it is not, it's not just a, well, why didn't you tell anybody? It's yeah. like a, I literally could not make mm-hmm. my mouth form those words for 10 years. Like literally couldn't even admit to myself that mm-hmm. that's what happened to me because yep. it was so traumatic. Yeah. Literally even in the moment I
0: had no words. I literally couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was paralyzed. Oh. I literally could not speak. Let alone like, let me go and tell someone,
1: like oh. what? Because there's this inherent there's this inherent thing that happens when you're when you're abused in any way
2: mm-hmm.
1: where your brain goes straight to, if this is what's happening to me, this must be what I deserve. Yeah. Like if I am so easily used and thrown away, then that's just who I am. And and it is easier to believe that and to just look at yourself in the mirror and go like, I'm garbage. Yeah. And to believe that for the rest of your life than to actually address mm-hmm. what happened and to grieve that. Yeah. It is hard work. It's, it's risky. It feels so okay. emotionally expensive. Mm-hmm. That's but, where I'm like, I'm not ready. I know. Yeah. But I think like You know, I'm about to turn 32, and I think at 32, I'm ready to stop believing I'm garbage. Yeah. You know, because I don't want my kid to believe he's garbage. Mm -hmm. I don't want these things to happen to him. Mm -hmm. But if they do, like God forbid. But if they do, I want him to be able to look at his mom and say, like, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's possible. It's possible to have seen, have seen some things. Yeah. And to move forward, like
0: yeah, and that just because that happens to you does not mean that you are garbage no at all
1: and it's so easy when you're talking to somebody else mm-hmm. like when people have shared their stories with me it's so easy for me to say like you are beloved you yeah. are a delight you are mm-hmm. you are everything and when it's myself mm-hmm. it's so much more comfortable to believe that I'm garbage yeah
0: and that's always where like If a friend is going through something, I always say, I'm like, when we get off the phone, I want you to have a conversation with yourself. And I want you to talk to yourself as if you are a friend of yours and what you would say to them. Because you need to step outside of yourself right now to give yourself some compassion and empathy. um, Because you know that the negative things that you're saying in your head are not true. Um, And it's actually interesting when... When, um, I was, after Dean was on this pod, um, I went on his pod, help I suck at dating and, uh, they had a therapist on and, uh, we were just talking about stuff and I was like, one of the biggest things that I always try to remember is like, you are not your thoughts. You are the observer of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And Dean was like, what? That doesn't make, what are you talking about? I was like, how does that make sense? And it was kind of like combative with me on it. And, um, I'm not sure if I fully explained it really like well enough. Uh but to me that gives me such comfort and perspective because when you are just thinking that you are all of your thoughts, like when your thought says you're a piece of shit, like then you're like, "Oh, shit, I'm a piece of shit." <laughs> like but if you're if you step outside of that and are like, "Okay, I notice that, you know, that voice is saying that I might be a piece of shit." But I, I'm not going to listen to that voice. No. Like when you, when you just believe everything that your mind says, you can become so paralyzed and that's where like panic attacks and all kinds of things can come up because you're in your head, you're, you're not actually in touch with what's surrounding you. And when you take a step outside of that, you can see everything else. And I think it, it allows for so much more to get in than just the fear that your mind is speaking from. Because yeah. oftentimes we're, we're fucking scared mm-hmm. and we're trying to protect ourselves. And so a lot of our thoughts are going to be like to try to protect ourselves <laughs> or try to fucking like tear us apart and be our harshest critics. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard to step outside of that. And like even today when I'm coming here, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know... Step outside of yourself. Empathy. It's going to be okay.
1: I sort of think of my brain as like a detective with like deep confirmation bias. like yes. I'm going through the world, like taking evidence, like finding mm-hmm. the evidence that I am actually garbage. Like, cause mm-hmm. that's, that's what I believe. Yeah. So I'm trying to find the evidence that proves that. Yep. And so I'm just pulling selectively what <laughs> will back up my hypothesis yep. and like filing it away for later. Like, see, yeah. see, yeah, you're garbage. I definitely,
0: <laughs> I definitely like, oh. like right after the show, that was a huge, a huge thing I did. Um, even any comment that I would look at on any photo, remember. It was, it was like, I was just preparing myself internally. I could feel this like, just steam inside me of like, this was going to be negative. Like prepare, like, like a buffing up of myself to like read this comment. And like, this one's going to be negative. This one's going to tell me I'm a piece of shit. This one's going to tell me I should never be a therapist. This one's going to tell me I need to go kill myself. This one's going to tell me I'm like a fucking ugly black person. Like what, what else are you going to throw at me? You know? And it's it's really shitty to like not even step outside of ourselves to see all, all the other things that are being said, like the confirmation bias. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's so real.
1: Yeah. And, and we all, we are all so very capable of that and not just Mm -hmm. capable. Like that is our, that is our bent. Like we are, we're always leaned that way.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and it's, it is hard work. Mm -hmm. And I think all the time about like the people in my life that, um, that I don't consider are like the most self aware, the people that yeah. aren't in touch with their emotions and mm-hmm. those kind of things, and it's I see how expensive and how difficult and how it's like working out every day. Like everybody mm-hmm. wants the six pack abs, but yeah. like nobody wants to be in the gym yeah. every day. And that's what I feel like mental health has been for me. Like yeah. like being in touch with what's going on and mm-hmm. and even having empathy. Like yeah. empathy is this beautiful beautiful thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but it literally costs you it yeah. costs you your like great afternoon in the mm-hmm. sunshine like it is like everything that comes up if you want to be an empathetic person you put yourself in that place yeah. and you're like what would it feel like for me mm-hmm. to be experiencing that and it and it is it's expensive yeah like, you have
0: to be vulnerable yes. in order for that to happen yeah. and it means that you're not going to
1: like have it together all the time mm-hmm. Because you're going to be affected by the things that happen around you, to people yeah. that you care about or to people you don't even know. Mm-hmm. so i when I, I think what I think about other people, like not sometimes I look at it, I'm like, that could be kind of nice to not worry about anything <laughs> yeah. to not like go there and be like, "I don't have feelings. it's fine, like, yeah, but I also know that it's like you're going along just fine and you're going to fall off the cliff eventually. Yep. So I would much rather be like yeah. you know at the gym working on my abs, like not that I'm literally doing yeah. that, but you know what I mean, <laughs> like working yes. on my mental health yeah. all the time so that when stuff comes up, it's a speed bump mm-hmm. instead of a cliff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um and I'm I'm curious for you how if if you can like put put words to it or maybe a, an example to it of how you are putting into practice like Addressing those root traumas when they're mm-hmm. triggered
1: um, I do a lot of writing, so mm-hmm. i I try to like try to give myself freedom to write
2: mm-hmm.
1: whatever I'm thinking and to not edit. so I like yeah. to write longhand so that I can't
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> edit as I go mm-hmm. and write things that I'm not going to share, and then later I might share them, but yeah the The act of writing something that no one's ever going to see is really good for me, mm-hmm. so I do that. Um, and then, consistent therapy has been really important mm-hmm. for me. Um, and then, um, I'm a I'm an what I like to call an external processor. I don't know if there's like a formal term for that. Mm-hmm. My husband's very internal, so he yeah. likes to think about things and take a lot of time to like mm-hmm. process what's going on. And I don't know what I'm thinking until I've said it out loud. Yeah, which. That has been so much conflict in our marriage because he's like, I need time to think. And I'm like, yes. I don't know what I think. So at the beginning of an argument, I say something that he's still thinking about at the end that I no longer believe because mm-hmm. I've talked myself out yep. of it. <laughs> yeah, We're learning. We're figuring out how to yep. like-
0: No, that sounds very much <laughs> like my college relationship. Yeah. Like it's... Yeah. I need to like take a break and like think about it. And I'm like, no, I need to talk through it like right now. Like, yes. I don't know what's going on.
1: <laughs> so it's been like a blend of like having other people that I can use as a sounding mm-hmm. board. And, and honestly, like I save things to talk to about with my therapist. I talk to her, mm-hmm. I process things, and then I bring stuff home and talk to my husband. And it's not okay. like I can't talk to him. I totally can at mm-hmm. any point. But there's gonna be a lot less like stormy seas in our mm-hmm. in our life at home yeah. if I know what I'm thinking before mm-hmm. I'm expressing it to him. Yeah. And I it's just been a, a much better, much better <laughs> experience for all of us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Uh, yeah. Good. So that's that's some of it. And I
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think a lot of it is really uncharted and the times that I have talked about it publicly, like I, I fully I'm fully aware that tonight when I lay down in bed, it's gonna be like, Well, my mm-hmm. brain is gonna be like, Oh my god, you talked about that. People are gonna <laughs> listen. Like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, but the more I do use my voice, the more mm-hmm. I do speak up and I do talk about it, and I do like give mm-hmm. light, you know, literally like turn the lights on, like yeah. I'm not hiding this in the dark anymore, yeah. um, the better I feel about what's going on and what has happened. Because yeah. it's it does it's not surprising. No one's like, oh God, how could this have happened? Like, yeah. what is it, like one in two women? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a surprise. Yeah. No. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like with infertility. Like, the first time I shared that, it was horrifying for me. Like, not because anyone responded poorly, but just because it was like something I feel a lot of shame around is now out in the world. Yeah. But the more I've talked about it, the more I realize, like, it's a part of me, it's part of who I am, mm-hmm. it's part of my story. But there's yeah. a, a multitude of other things that are more important, that are m- more telling of who I am.
0: Yeah, and I find that your your using of your voice is so helpful to other people, and so. like honestly, very very helpful. Um, and you know, I you are someone that I reference in my head <laughs> when I'm like, do I share this? Do I not share it? It like, means
1: so much. It really does.
0: <laughs> like you would, you'd posted a photo. Um, you always have like beautiful makeup done. Like you always do your eyeshadow. Oh, like you. so good. Thanks. And I'm so glad at doing eyeshadow. Um, but you would posted this photo and you were like crying. And it was about just like everything that was going on. And it was so raw and it was so authentic and it was so vulnerable. And I was just like, that's amazing. Like Those are always the things
1: I'm like, God, I should have done that.
0: Like, no, I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you did. (laughs) And like your voice comes through in like every letter and even this one, God, just all of them. You don't have to be able to explain it. I don't have to totally understand. I'm still here for you.
2: Yeah.
1: You know how many times I've like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just, I like to think about like sitting in the middle with people like Mm -hmm. not like I don't like I I really don't have I don't have to completely understand and you don't even have to tell me but like I just want people to know that like I'm in the mess with you Mm -hmm. yeah it's the only place that real relationships happen is in the mess they really do I'm sad that you're sad
0: because you're absolutely the best yes (laughs) okay um All of them are wonderful and they all like, they're literally for, for anything you could put, like just the most raw, like authentic moments of reaching out to someone. That's like what I feel when I read them. And it's so nice to like put a picture to know that like, it was kind of what I envisioned actually of you and where these came from, um, of just like, you know it coming from a place of raw emotion and like being very real and authentic to your life. And that's, that's what helps us connect through your cards mm-hmm. and you like, you ship everywhere, right?
1: I do. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cause I really, I really want you guys to check them out because I know I get messages about like, Oh, like my friend is dealing with this and like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do or mm-hmm. even like get a card for yourself. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah put it in the bathroom the, mirror.
0: Honestly, <laughs> honestly, they're so cute. Like one of them I just have like just propped up. I think it's the uh, the empathy, kindness, yeah. respect. <laughs> Yeah.
1: That's why I reached out to you in the first place. I remember Mm -hmm. on the, you know, the women tell all, like you, you asked for empathy and Mm -hmm. I was like, I am so with you. Like Mm -hmm. I'm so with you. And I had just, um, you know, the, this sort of slogan, empathy, kindness, respect Mm -hmm. I had made for, um, my like protest Mm -hmm. sign. Yeah. No. Uh, (laughs) back in the day when we started doing that, um, and it just, it has meant so much and mm-hmm. you know, we've been able to raise about $5,000 for refugee mm-hmm. aid through selling the t-shirts and um, it's just been like a big a big part of the last few years for me is mm-hmm. this idea of, of empathy yeah. and um, I just felt for you so much. Like I always, I watch the show and I always pick like one person. I'm yeah. like, that's my girl. <laughs> that's my guy. Like I'm rooting for them. I seem yeah. like they seem like we could be friends. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. always pick one. Yeah. And you were like my person from Aww. right away. And I was like, just, you know it is such a a shit world out there sometimes. It It really can be, It is, but it can also be so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I have seen you these last few years use Mm -hmm. whatever the show brought to Mm -hmm. help people and love on people and Mm -hmm. keep spreading those things that are important to you. And like, what more could anyone ask, but to like, keep doing that stuff. Like, I'm proud of you. I really am. And I'm really glad I reached out because I was like, you know, I'm always so nervous doing that. I'm like, oh God, just one more person, like, you know, sliding into the DMs (laughs) being awkward. But I was just like, I feel like she needs a little bit of support right now. And I just like, you know.
0: No, it meant a lot. It meant a lot. And it means a lot now. Um, It really does. It means a lot. I'm so glad that we did connect. Um, And I think... Even just a small amount of empathy goes a really, really long way because even though you might've been like, oh, I'm just sliding in the DM, you know, (laughs) like that, that, it shined through, you know, like it, it still meant something to me. It made, helped me feel like someone saw me, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's going to be hard for people to see you if you don't show them who you are. And Mm -hmm. that's where like, I, I try to keep it real. (laughs) show myself, even when it's really uncomfortable. And I feel like you do the same. (laughs) And even through your cards, like you're showing yourself in every one of these, you know, I think that's part of what makes them so great. Like we're all just figuring it out. Keep going. (laughs) Sounds like something I was just saying authentically (laughs) in the sentence, but it's a card. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. Um, (laughs) Can you like tell people a little bit about like where they can find you? We've already mentioned some things, but like anything that like the store is working on, where the store is at, if you guys yeah. come visit Seattle, check out the shop, <laughs> all the things.
1: Yeah, so we do have a brick and mortar shop in the Fisherman's Terminal in the like Magnolia Interbay mm-hmm. neighborhood of Seattle, mm-hmm. and everything is online at constellationco.com, and we have a coupon code. For let's talk about it, listeners. Um, For twenty percent off your order, the coupon Mm -hmm. code is Taylor. So you can use that. And (laughs) um, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Constellation Co. And gosh, we're just we're just living life over
2: there.
0: (laughs) If you guys haven't fallen in love with the shop already through this episode, um, something's wrong. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And how did you come up with the name? Um, Does his name have any kind of significance? Yeah, for you?
1: it's it's about like individuals coming together to make a bigger whole. Because um, oh, I never wanted it to just be about me. So it was beautiful. about like everybody we work with and mm-hmm. um, everybody who's a who's a customer, like yeah. we make something together. Because the only thing I want in life is to help other people connect with the people they love. Like that's it. I just want, I want huh. more connection and I want for people to not feel alone. Yeah. So if any one of these cards sent to any person makes mm-hmm. them feel less alone, like I am succeeding at my goals in life. Yeah. So, you are very successful. <laughs> very successful. I think it helps to <laughs> set an achievable goal. <laughs> But I've really like dug deep to try to figure out what success means to me and that is it. And that's helped me a lot Mm because there's a lot of things about business that are impossible. Like yeah, owning a small business is not easy. Like no matter Mm -hmm. what it is that you're doing, what kind of thing you're making or what you're Mm -hmm. selling or what you're doing, like being a creator of any kind is really daunting. So setting an Mm -hmm. achievable goal that I can see.
0: And you know how you're like, you watch me and you're like, oh, like, that's the one that'd be my friend. If I had to like go through my Instagram, you're like the one person oh. I'd be like, yeah, that's there. Cause like even with doing, I mean, that's my version of success as well. And like, that's a conversation I... typically end up having with friends is like what does success look like? And um a lot of friends that are like in tech and in business world and it's like, okay, success money, what is success? That could be a whole other episode on its Mm -hmm. own. Um but for me it is, it's that connection. And even with doing the podcast, literally I remember I was so nervous when the first episode was coming out and I was like all these doubts and I was like, you know, as long as just like even if just like one person listens and like takes something away from it then that's amazing and that's great okay. to know that like you' positively impacted one person. Like th- that's great. Like that's why I want to do it. And if it's not doing that, then like I need to do something different because that's mm-hmm. that's success. That's happiness. That's connectedness. That's, you know, creating a whole community of people,
2: a constellation. <laughs> oh, I love it's it. That so- gives me so many feels.
1: It's yeah.
0: So- <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. And thank you so much for coming and sharing. I'm so glad we got to do this. I know. Same. We're like, we have to like actually like hang out and not Not just like Instagram and record (laughs) podcasts, but those (laughs) things are great too. Um, But yeah, I hope, I hope you text me. I will. I will. Okay. Thank you. Yes. And check out her shop. You guys use code Taylor 20% off. This is the ad for this episode. (laughs) Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Please leave a review on iTunes. I love reading your guys' reviews on there. Um, And you can also shoot, uh, I guess, do you have an email? I do. Yeah. It's hello at constellationco.com. Yeah. If you want to send
1: her emails. If you want to talk about infertility or anything else, shoot. Yeah. I'm always happy to chat yeah so reach out you can slide into my DMs if you want
0: slide into the DM guys no shame there but also leave reviews I love getting your guys DMs about what you take away from the episodes and like how they've impacted you but also please would love iTunes reviews as well so thank you um and you guys can also email uh the pod at ask.let's it at gmail.com for like topics that you guys want to see me talk about with other people. Um, and yeah, that about does it for today. Thank you so much again for coming and chatting with me. I'm happy to be here. Yes. All right, I'll talk to you guys next time.